0: You're listening to Consider This, episode 289, for April 28th, 2020. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever, wherever, and whoever you are, it's another episode of my conservative commentary in 10 minutes or less. I'm Doug Payton, and this is the award-winning podcast Consider This. Thanks for joining me. If you have thoughts or show ideas you want to get to me, stop by the website considerthis.ctpodcasting.com feedback to find out how. That's CT as in cooking temperature. Not casting blame. And grieving our losses. It's another pandemic-centric episode that's coming up. I'd like to welcome my Aunt Grace to the Facebook page. Actually... I'm not sure she knows how to listen to the podcast, but if this episode does make it to her ears, I'm glad you're here. They say that hindsight is 2020, and that's especially true in the year 2020. The response to the pandemic here in the United States has come under scrutiny and criticism. Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked in one of those press conferences, whether fewer people would have been sick or died if we'd reacted sooner. It was a silly question to ask. Of course things would have been better. But when Trump, on January 30th, restricted incoming travel from foreign nationals who'd been to China, he was called racist and xenophobic, which, as I've noted, is the left's go-to response when they've got nothing else. What they want you to forget is that at the same time, Nancy Pelosi was telling people, in a now-deleted tweet, to not be afraid and celebrate the Chinese New Year in Chinatown. And that California Governor Gavin Newsom let the LA Marathon go on during the first week in March. Imagine if Trump had ordered a nationwide lockdown, along with that travel ban, over a month before the marathon. If one of those acts was allegedly racist, imagine the pushback he'd have gotten for the other. So sure, we could have done better with the response, but would America have been okay with that? Especially Democrats who reflexively assume the worst? It's unmitigated hypocrisy. But here's the thing. I don't fault any politician, federal or state, Democrat or Republican, for their reaction one way or the other during a pandemic featuring a virus we had never seen before. Their criticism of others might be hypocritical, but their reactions to the impending crisis are not something I would fault them for. I would not want to be any sort of political leader at this point in time. I just would not want to be, for example, the governor of a state looking at some of the models. Which had dire predictions of sickness and death for a virus which, again, we really knew nothing about, and trying to decide to lock down or not to lock down. That is a question I would not want to have the responsibility to answer. Remember, the World Health Organization was, at the time, parroting the lies coming out of the communist Chinese government that there was no evidence of person-to-person transmission. The CDC was saying masks wouldn't really help. So much misinformation was out there, and our representatives were supposed to make what could be life-or-death decisions based on it. So count me out of both running for political office as well as casting blame. During times like these, there is something we can do to help with our mental health. Grieve. Even if COVID-19 hasn't affected your friends or family, we've experienced a loss of one kind or another. For some, it is a loved one who has died. For some, it's the loss of a job. Or it's a small business that you built that has gone under or is hobbled, to say the least. For some, it may be missing friends, family, or coworkers because we're sheltering in place and working from home. It could be as simple as, No more date nights at a restaurant. For me, one of the things I miss is hugging my kids. I'm immunocompromised because of a treatment I get for multiple sclerosis. How long will it be before I get to do that again? These are all losses, some greater than others, but they are things that we don't have anymore. And feeling that loss and grieving for it is not selfish or self-indulgent. It's natural and healthy. Although, while it's good to visit that place once in a while, don't set up camp and live there. That can quickly become depression or worse. Well, as an example of healthy grieving, I want to read a couple of tweets from CNN's Brian Stelter. Now, if you've been following the news for media bias, uh, this guy has been coming up on your radar a lot. But he said something very human and very understandable for someone in his profession. Here's what he said. Last night I hit a wall, gutted by the death toll, disturbed by the government's shortcomings, dismayed by political rhetoric that bears no resemblance to reality, worried about friends who are losing jobs, kids who are missing school, and senior citizens who are living in fear. I crawled in bed and cried for our pre-pandemic lives, tears that had been waiting a month to escape. I wanted to share because it feels freeing to do so. Now is not a time for faux invincibility. Journos are living this, hating this, like everyone else. Indeed, journalists marinate in this concoction of all matter of bad news every day. We see some of what they see on the local and national news. We have cable news channels running 24-7, and that can bring you down. But I'm sure that people working in the media have it much worse than we do. And this response from Stelter is both totally understandable and perhaps cathartic for many people. Because of this, I am particularly disappointed and angry at reactions from some of the conservative media and blogosphere. So many of them, no doubt feeding off their feelings about Stelter's bias in the past, disparaged him for posting this. Links are in the show notes. He's called a pathetic baby girl with others declaring that emotional weakness is not a virtue. That is absolutely the wrong take on this. Men grieving about a legitimate evil is not something we should be shunning. This kind of reaction from the right is absolutely heartless and wrong. One reaction from the right was actually good advice, advice you've heard here. Beth Bauman, writing at Town Hall, suggested that Brian look for more of the good news. She noted that his latest newsletter was chock full of negative stories and precious few links to good news. So if you feel the need, go ahead and mourn what you've lost and what others have lost as well. Don't let anyone tell you not to, but then get back out there with a positive attitude and find the good, or even better, be the good. Well, those are my thoughts at this point in our shared journey through this pandemic. While things are not as dire as they were a few weeks ago, we're still a long way from the end. Let's keep encouraging each other. If you want to do some encouraging here, I'm more than happy to get your voice or your words here. Call 267-CALL-CT0 267 call 225 or email me at considerthis at ctpodcasting.com. There may be someone else listening to this that needs to hear from you at this time. Let's hear from you so that they can consider this.